Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. What else you got? Uh, Kansas and TCU. TCU put up about 100 points a week ago on Oklahoma, right? right? right. What is that at Kansas, TCU? Let's see, uh, TCU giving six and a half. Yeah. You give the six and a half and more. Right. <laughs> you try to go to the window and bet a game and get the word Kansas out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Carville won that one. Um, he had TCU minus six and a half. TCU won by seven or eight. Carville didn't have many winners. He was two and four. He had uh, Kansas losing, and he had Cincinnati covering against Baltimore. Cincinnati lost by two, but Cincinnati got three. So Carville was two and four. He's now 10, six, and one. Everybody we have is in the plus territory, but... Two of our guys had bad weeks. The monkey didn't. Monkey was 3-0. Monkey's now 9-6 overall. Chuck Todd took gas. 1-5-1. Tough week. 1-5-1 for Chuck, but he's 18-16-1, so you're still making money. Yes, you are. And Jeff Ma was 3-2, and two, and he's been 3-2 and two a lot. He's 15-10 on the year. 3-2 <coughs> uh, a lot. Carville took BYU, Notre Dame won yeah, by no, more than 3.5. Yeah. Carville took Alabama minus 24. Alabama scraped by. Man, that, that game was scraped by. very close. Scraped by. So I bring you up to date on that. <clears throat> Let me tell you that uh, the moon is full, was full last night, was full this morning. Um, I love full moons. I'm not a vampire or a werewolf. I just love full <laughs> moons. This, I think, is the harvest moon. The October full moon, I believe, is the harvest moon. I believe you are correct, yes. Wonderful, large, fat moon looked great where i am where there were no clouds i don't know where you are i don't know if it was occluded i don't know if you could see it at all look great i get this if you're out tonight and in parentheses i doubt it well i was out <laughs> i was out check out the moon or even tomorrow when you walk jesse it's jesse not jesse we're celebrating sukkot and the moon will be so bright tonight you can see your shadow pg told me and she knows everything regards dg that's nice <laughs> to know. Nice i did watch the moon i thought it was wonderful i got a wedding invitation here read the wedding we don't know when the wedding is always exciting alicia mahoney and gregory knott k-n-o-t-t -T, november 5th 2022 at four o'clock at the eagle mountain house in jackson new hampshire I will be unable to make it, but I will send back a card. Yes. We wish them all the best in the world, Alicia Mahoney and Gregory Knott. It's a lovely invitation, and it is not overburdened by stuff. Yeah, you it's, know, it's, it's just their names. It's nice. Um, the Eagle Mountain House is where they want you to go to Jackson, New Hampshire, where I'm saying this like you're all going to go. I can't <laughs> vouch for that. Make sure when you check in. Got a couple of code. books in the mail. High School Basketball on Maryland's Eastern Shore by M Mitchell Northam. And The Luckiest Boy in the World by Patrick McBride with Dennis McBride. There's a story to that. I got a letter with that one. It's uh, for a box of that, I'm sending you The Luckiest Boy in the World, written by Dr. Patrick McBride. Dr. McBride, a real doctor, was one of my mentors when I did family medicine residency and a fellowship at the University of Wisconsin-Madison School of Medicine and Public Health. I knew Dr. McBride from his incredible research, teaching, and patient care, which led to him being a professor emeritus. This is from Dr. Andy Pasternak in Reno, Nevada. 
What I didn't know was that Dr. McBride was a young man when he was. He grew up in a dysfunctional household with two alcoholic parents who were newspapers reporter, newspaper reporters in Milwaukee. Yet despite his family situation, young Patrick scored a hat trick of sorts, working as a ball boy for the Milwaukee Brewers, Milwaukee Bucks, and the Green Bay Packers. He was in a locker room with Ernie Banks, Henry Aaron, Joe DiMaggio, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Oscar Robertson, Gail Sayers, Bart Starr. It's pretty good. My favorite story in the book is when he and another trainer brought... Uh, bought Kareem his first pair of protective eye goggles. When Kareem threw them in the trash because they were so scratched up, Pat plucked them out and held on to them for years. It's lovely. <laughs> you know, so thank you that for that. That is great. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, I wanted to... Uh, Will Bond went crazy yesterday, totally crazy, when Tom Brady got a roughing the passer call. Oh, yeah, towards the went end of the game. Went crazy. I'll let him later in the show explain that. And it's far-reaching social and cultural effects for him. For him. It was a bad call. Now, Tom Brady got sacked. Yeah. But as I said to him, Tom Brady operates on a different set of rules. Michael Jordan operated on a different set of rules. Kobe Bryant operated on a different set of rules. It's just different. It's just different. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, and this is how he's rewarded for that. You can't touch him. (laughs) <laughs> simple. Not, not like, at all. Yeah, you can't touch him. It's, it's simple. The thing I wanted to say, and I watched all of this stuff yesterday, and I watched the baseball. I love the baseball. Oh. So happy for Dave Sims. That game two between Seattle and Toronto was incredible. Toronto was ahead eight to one and nine to five it, late. It was over. And they lost this game. They brought in this guy, Romano, and he spit the bit as Chris Bassett did last night. And to Buck Showalter, who says, check out uh, the goop behind Joe Musgrove's ears because he's doctoring the ball. He's not. You got one hit. You've been a manager for 21 years in the bigs, and you've never been in the World Series. There's a reason for that. Anyway, I, I wanted to get to the football for a second and just sort of make this point. <clears throat> Bill Parcells used to use a word And he used to say, unprejudice yourself. Unprejudice yourself against these things that you've held to be true for a long time. Bill Parcells, when he hired, I believe he was the one who hired Tony Romo, an undrafted free agent. And um, Sean Payton told me the story because Sean Payton was his offensive coordinator. Bill said, unprejudice yourself against the fact that the guy's undrafted. Watch him in training camp. Doesn't he look like he can play? Tony Romo could play. He could play. I think I've got to unprejudice myself against what happened last year and the year before and the year before that. We're five games into a season now, about a third of the way. The NFC East was such a terrible division for so many years. The Washington team stunk and still does, by the way. But the Giants stunk. I think the Giants are four and one. The Eagles were ordinary for a while. They went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl and then drifted into ordinary for a while. They're 5-0. and oh. The Cowboys, who were the most overrated team year after year after year after year, may not be overrated this year. Cooper Rush has done a great job, and people say, oh, keep him, get rid of Dak Prescott. I actually get these emails. Oh, get rid of... What, are you crazy? <laughs> are you people crazy? Dak Prescott's better than Cooper Rush. If you think the Cowboys are good now, they're going to be better down the road with Dak Prescott. 
Los Angeles Rams, who I picked to win the Super Bowl last year, early on before the season started, and I was right, it's the greatest pick I ever had. They're no good. It's over. Matthew Stafford can't get out of the way. Matthew Stafford, late in his career, had this great year last year, and it's over now. Green Bay Packers, they aren't any good. They went to London, they lost to the Giants. They aren't any good. Maybe by the end of the year, they'll be good. Here's who's good. Philadelphia is good. Yeah. Dallas is good. Buffalo is good. <laughs> yes. Kansas City, we think, is good. We'll see tonight if they beat the Raiders. Not, you know, you, you have to look at what is in front of your face. You have to say to yourself, well, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my perception is wrong. Look at the baseball. We all thought that the American League East was the greatest division of any sport of all time. We'll talk to Richard Justice about this. I said that. I actually still believe that. But two of the three teams who qualified were swept out. One at home, right? Yeah. The Blue Toronto Jays. at home yeah. swept out. Wilbon always tells you how good the Cardinals are. He says he hates the Cardinals, but then he says the Cardinals are really good. He tells you that, so you'll think the Cubs are really good, even when the Cardinals beat the Cubs. Cardinals, were, they stunk. They weren't any good. And the Mets weren't any good. Right? Last night, they got completely humbled by a team that's easy to dislike. It's easy to dislike the San Diego Padres. It's easy to dislike Manny Machado. Oh, it's easy to dislike him. Oh. But they, they beat them. They beat them clean. They beat them six love. They beat the Mets. They won two out of three in Metsville. All right? And they're moving on. Here's what you got in the, in the National League. You have both series. You have the division-winning teams against the team from its own division. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Philadelphia won like 20 games fewer <clears throat> than Atlanta. San Diego won like 20 games fewer than the Dodgers. Now we're going to see what happens. In the other side, you have Cleveland, you know, managed by a great manager. Terry Francona is a great manager. He's great. Who is Cleveland playing? Uh, Do they play Houston? I think they play Houston, yeah. That's a hard matchup. Houston's a a really good team. And so that means the Yankees are against Seattle. That's wonderful for Dave Sims, right? I would think so. Or is Seattle playing Houston? I think Seattle's playing Houston. I think it's the same division. I think Seattle plays Houston. You look this up. Check me. Look me up. Uh, Astros, Houston, Cleveland, Cleveland, New York. Cleveland, New York. Okay. So Sims doesn't get to go back home. Right. And that's a tough matchup to play the Astros. Cleveland, New York. I, I don't know about, I don't know about New York. I don't know about New York. We spent so much time saying they were the 1927 Yankees earlier in the season. Then they drifted off and they became the 19... 67 Yankees who probably weren't very good at all. And then, and then everything was Aaron Judge. Yeah. Just all Aaron Judge. So you don't know. Uh, again, it's the concept of unprejudicing yourself from what you have believed for X amount of time. And on that note, we will get out of here. Michael Wilbon will join us. I am Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening, You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Tall and skinny as a French fry. Three pointers rain down from the sky. From Nanterre in the West Paris region. Like a one man French foreign legion. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. It's brilliant. This song's brilliant. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. For young French ballers, he's a raison d'etre. Long and lean like a French baguette. Block shots with the Kim B. Matumbo power. You can just call him the Eiffel Tower. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Brilliant. It's Dan Byrne. It's just absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I mean, isn't uh, it? Michael Wilbon joins us. I, I'll, I'll just ask this, because you've, you've watched him now. I guess you've seen him play on television Multiple in, games. in actual games. I've only seen clips. Multiple. You can make anyone look good in clips, but you have said to me that this guy is the real deal. He's the greatest prospect I've ever seen. Wow. And every NBA scout thinks and says the same thing out loud. He's the greatest prospect ever. Ahead of, ahead of let's, let's understand something. Not Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan no, wasn't Michael that. Michael Jordan was, wasn't even, no, Michael Jordan no, no. was cut in his yeah, high school. Yeah, so we're not going to say that. But LeBron James. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? He's the, he, uh, I'll tell you, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah, LeBron Kareem, James. I mean, I, the only person, look, Tony, he's part, he, he's like all the advanced things of Ralph Sampson, but like the 3.0 version. So he's part Ralph, part Kareem, part Kevin Durant, part Kobe. He, 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 there's nothing he doesn't do great. He, Tony, he, he, he goes off the dribble into the corner shooting a three. Once again, shooting a three. Off the dribble by Kevin Durant. Now, at 18. It, it's, he's, he's just, you know. Okay. I mean, I you know, I, I at this point, at this point, there's been no, there's nobody who's okay been as good as he is. You've seen him. I want to establish that, but yeah. I'm going to go back. I'm going to list those three names again: Will Chamberlain, coming yeah. out of Kansas; yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, come yeah. out of UCLA with three championships, and the reason he didn't have four is because he wasn't eligible right. as well, a freshman. That, that's the guy that you don't. That's the guy that you would go. Okay, he doesn't have. You know, no. a single weapon like, but no, no one is. I mean, look, Kareem. I'm just saying that you Kareem's you have to you ever. have to grant me the but legitimacy. He stuff, but he does stuff that Kareem never dreamt of doing. Okay. Because Kareem didn't do that. Okay. He does stuff that no big man has ever done because that's not what they do. Okay, and that's you fine. Know, I mean, like, does he have Moses Malone's tenacity? No, no. But Moses Malone couldn't shoot a ball from. No, Tony, he shoots the ball from where Steph Curry shoots it. Okay, so we'll 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 see next year because he will be the number one draft. Yeah, he'll be the number one. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Let's. Uh, I said this earlier in the in the introduction. We might as well just we might as well get to it now. This was one of the great sports weekends ever. The baseball was great. The second game between 
Toronto and Seattle was an amazing game. The Mets went down the drain, and their manager complained and tried to find goop on the guy's ear. And stop. You just One of the embarrassing, gutless, whiny right. performances of all time we had great in American sportsmanship yeah, and lack of history. We had great football games, college and pro. But let's get to, I know what your headline is. I, I'm going to give you vent room. Vent room. The indefensible, and it is indefensible, the indefensible roughing the passer call yeah. on Tom Brady. And, it was, it's, yeah. uh, and we all saw it. It was yeah. indefensible. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, the, in, the, the NFL should be embarrassed, but it won't be. It should be embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, Mike Greenberg, I'll give immediate credit to for text, for tweeting in live in, in the moment. Greeny texted something like I sent it to you. Yes, you did. And it says something like, this is the worst call in at least five years in the NFL. And no quarterback would be the recipient of it other than this guy. And I just texted Greeny back, and I texted him when I saw it, and I just said, you're my hero for saying this. Because I told Greeny, I said, I'm going to light this guy up tomorrow. I'm not lighting up Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't have anything to do with it. The league should be embarrassed. And mine is even more sinister. My, my feelings about it, about the call, is that it's more sinister than that. Brother can't sack Tom Brady is what I is what I'm saying. That's the new rule. Well, nobody Certainly can brother say. can't hurt Tom Brady. That's it. It, it. I mean, if if Tom Brady is sacked with the ball, this is not like you texted me later. And you've been saying for years, and accurately so, that there are a couple of people, and you, you've always specified Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton. Got hit. These guys get hit in ways that are sinister, and they have, and they just don't receive benefit of the call. And of course, you're right about that. But we're not talking about after the play, which is usually what happens after the play. No, 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 no. For people who haven't seen it, Tom Brady was sacked. He was simply tackled. And no, you, you can't tackle Tom Brady. Not if you're certain people, I think, also. Brother can't sack Tom Brady. Well, you, uh, my, my return point has always been this. There are certain people who play by different rules. Our dear friend Sam Smith wrote about the Jordan rules. Michael Jordan could do whatever he wanted on the basketball court, and I would say because he earned it. Kobe Bryant was that way. I don't know that there's anyone out there today who gets the benefit of the doubt quite like that, but they did. And Tom Brady does. Tom Brady does. I agree. There's no, there's no, there's no one else. If you can't tackle – Michael Jordan couldn't – it didn't mean that somebody might not call a travel on Kobe or Michael in, the, in live time. Maybe. Maybe, okay. We're not talking about that. It's like saying you couldn't foul him. You couldn't touch him. You, could, you, you literally cannot tackle Tom Brady? The NFL's okay with this? And Tony, the problem is the NFL has so many other areas where they got problems. And that, you know, I got I to see this guy rule be coaching, but I can't see can't the coach. guy. I can't see the guy. Who's the, who's the guy who coached the, the, the Detroit Lions and the Indianapolis Colts? Coached the Detroit Lions. And he actually had like a winning record with them for a while. Mm, he can't get a job. Jim, I'm blanking Jim, on his. Yeah. I'm blanking on I know who you mean. He can't get a job. Yeah. Uh, the Matt should not be a coach. Eric Bambi can't get a job. The NFL has problems in this area already. That I, yes, I associate these things. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, you do. Because the, the atmosphere is, 
is such. Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell, I believe. Jim Jim Caldwell. Caldwell. Is such that you go, what? you, You operate in disbelief. Tom Brady's not even playing a game where he's officiating. It's not even in a contest, athletic contest. It's an exhibition. You always mention how you hate exhibitions. Tom Brady's not even officiated in a way that is akin to the rules for the other people. I don't blame Tom Brady at all for this. I don't blame Tom Brady. Right. I I, I blame the league. And this is where the league has issues. Tom Brady is not the issue. So let me... Except Tom Brady's the issue today, because what happened yesterday... It's sinister. It's sinister. It, this is so when I attack the NFL, and you say, "God, you hate the NFL." I hate certain things the NFL stands for, allows, promotes, condones, embraces. Yes, I hate that. I, I, I've talked about this before. I'll walk down a lot of paths with you. I will not walk down this one all the way. I mean, I just view I it differently. I, 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 listen, I, I can walk down this one alone. Yeah. I'm so, fine doing that. So let me ask, let, let me get to this. Let me get to this. It's what I said earlier. Bill Parcells used to use this word, unprejudice yourself, this phrase. Sean Payton told me about this when he worked for Bill Parcells in Dallas. He used to say... All of these things that you think about last year or the year before, don't, don't, don't bring them to here. Tell me what you're looking at right now. Mike, I think the Cowboys are good right now. Yeah. You know what I are. mean? I, I think what we're learning is this awful, awful division, the NFC East. The Giants are, God, they must be good. Yeah. They must yeah. be good. Yeah. Brian have, Dayball. They have the Giants for two straight weeks. They have guts. They have brains. Right. Those are the two things they have primarily. You got the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the yeah. Giants. And then yeah. I look at the Rams. The Rams are no good. They're no good. So this is, this is in flux. The Packers I, are no not, good right now, right? They're not. Right. They're not. I don't, I don't find division shuffling to be fascinating. That's the cycle of the league, any league. Any league. That's the cycle. I mean, right now in the NBA, the Eastern Conference, as loaded as the West may be, the Eastern Conference is probably is at least as good, and it's, it may be better this year by the time we get to Christmas. And, and it's, you know, I mean, this is what happens. These things are trending. You have a common draft, which changes things. You have teams that are purchased by owners who treat things differently. And so you have this, lead, this division that was garbage for, it was only garbage for like two years. But it was bad, and now it's not. It's not, and it still has. It, it has one of the worst teams. Yeah, Washington, Washington's they terrible. Are. They but stink. it's got three teams that are really good. The Giants are the headliner to me there, because they 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 played a game last week in which they played like snaps with the running back at quarterback. Yeah, Daniel I don't Jones mean just the Wildcat. They had two quarterbacks who were hurt, and they won that game against the Bears. And then they came back yesterday, and they beat another team in that division, and people think they go to the Super Bowl, the Packers. And good for them. They beat them on a neutral field. They beat them on a neutral field. Uh, By the way, did you watch, you must have watched this, twice yesterday, Jalen Hurts, who is my choice at the moment for MVP over Josh Allen, right at the moment, it's only five games in. He's in there. Right, Right now, he got rushing touchdowns in which people on his team literally Picked him up by his pants, <laughs> by his belt, and threw him into the end zone. Is that legal? Well, they say it's not, but you know it happens in every game now, <laughs> right? Doesn't it? They say it's not, but it, it, it you know, again. But it, you and you know, I are it watching it. 
They're picking yeah. him up by his pants. And well, they, they, you know, the, the momentum carries him in. But I tell you what, if he gets hit, he ain't going to get the benefit of roughing the passer while being tackled. <laughs> no, he's, he's not, not getting that. He's not. No, no. Jalen Hurts is not getting that benefit. No, he's not getting that one. Nope. He's not, not even Russell Wilson gets that one. Not, but you nope. know what, Tony, to me, it's interesting. As bad as the Brady thing was, and it was bad. The moment of the weekend, and, and, and I understand that people are not watching baseball in the same way that they watch football. Baseball's great. What, 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 what the Mets did, what the manager did last night in the Mets, what do you it do? was somewhere between deplorable and loathsome. Yeah, I, I'm, and I'm I, not arguing he this. He specifically never wins an athletic contest the rest of his life. Well, he's never won to now. He's been this manager for 21 years, Mike, and he's never been to the World Series. Yeah, I thought the World Series. I want him to never win a game. Oh, okay. Of any kind. Tiddlywinks. Nothing. He got beat by a guy who threw a no-hitter last year. Musgrove's a real you, pitcher. You were watching this last night. You know, you know, no, I was asleep by that time. I gave up on that game. There was 4 nothing. was over. The game was over. What's that? When the game was 4 nothing in the fifth, I said, this is over. It's okay, over. It was over. Yeah. Except the manager of the Mets, whose name oh, I don't even want to say. I know what happened. They rub his ears down like uh, he's Mr. Spock. Yeah. It's just, yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, it was. <laughs> I mean, that's I, really I, bad. There's nothing, there is nothing that you couldn't say about him. I would call him, if, if, if I was allowed to now and later today on PT, I would call him everything except a son of God. Yeah. Because that, really, baseball's going to allow that. And twice, the greatest part for those watching, those of us who watch, I watch every pitch. I stayed with that. Till every, if he had turned and thrown a fastball at 100 miles per hour that or a head. bat <laughs> into the Mets dugout, I would have stood in my living room and cheered. Yeah, I'm not. That, there's it no... was deplorable what, that, what they were allowed to do to him. Don. They, they, you're already checking guys for goop. You're checking you know, them when they walk off the Tony, field. They check, they check Jim Perry, the Perry brothers, for goop. You and I watched that for like 20 years. They checked them. Tony, they did it last night. And it, I mean, it was like a strip down. Just, yeah, they rubbed his ears, man. It's wrong. It was. It was. A bad. baseball. This okay? It's not really? good. I don't like him. I said the other day. Um, when we he were, will never be a guest on PTI. It, never, ever. Well, he's never been in Ever, yeah. ever. Do you remember what I said that he's been, I said, I don't want to cast any aspersions. He's been managing for 21 years. He's never been to the World Series. So yeah. he's had a lot of October time to think about strategy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Right? I don't, like, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I did stay up for postgame last night. I did not hear his explanation. I know what he's going to say. We thought his spin rate was high. Yeah. And so you're allowed to tell the umpire to take his underwear off? Yeah. Check? So. Really? All right, we'll have a good show today. I'll see you yeah, later. Good show. All right, Tom. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll take a break. Richard Justice will join us. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Don Stewart. 
who sends us a lot of music and we like it very much. This is a new song from his latest album titled Don Stewart, Volume 38. The name of the song is Under the Sun, he writes. I thought about calling it I Am Shiva, the God of Death, but I don't think I'm cool enough to pull that off. If somebody <laughs> asked me why I picked that title, I wouldn't know what to tell him. You'd tell him about Michael Clayton. Exactly. You'd tell him about Michael Clayton. This is called Under the Sun. It plays in Richard Justice. We can't ask Michael, because he's not here today, what to do if you want to send in your original music, so Nigel will tell you. Yes, please send us your original music. Go to jingles at TonyCornazerShow.com. Okay, Richard Justice joins us. We've just had Wilbon on the show. Richie, Wilbon has endorsed throwing a baseball into the Mets' dugout, probably specifically at Buck Showalter. I will say I was not awake for this because I gave up on that game when it was 4 nothing into the 6th. But I did see it early this morning that Buck Showalter, and he's defending it, uh, just, you know, thought that Joe Musgrove was cheating. What did you think when you saw that play? I thought it made Buck look small yeah. at the end of what should have been a great celebratory season. You know, from the moment City Field opened, you, you thought, well, if they ever have a good team here, it's going to be a pretty cool place because it's beautiful. And they had that season. It was a, the summer of the Mets. It didn't end the way they wanted. Um, you know, if you do something like that, you better have your – you better know what you're doing. And after the game, he dropped hints like, yeah, I know things you guys don't know. But the umpires went, over, went out there and did a pretty thorough check. And a guy like Musgrove is a very fiery guy. And you saw when he struck out Marte, he sort of – did a little, you know, screw you to the to the Mets dugout. That was his way. And you, what you did was you, you a guy's dominant. He's dominating you, and you poked him a little bit. Just, just, just take you take your medicine and go home. You had a great year. Didn't finish the way you wanted. Um, I just thought it made him look small. That's that's exactly how I felt. I mean, this guy who's thrown a no hitter in in right. a competition, who's a very good pitcher, very good. dominated you dominated you i mean he really did uh san diego they won what probably 15 18 games fewer than the mets won over 100 games right. they won over 100 games and they're, and they're they're sitting down and by the way max scherzer who i adore more than any player in sports um just think he's so great he got roasted he just got roasted in game one and these things you know you're that that happens and, and Scherzer and DeGrom and Bassett, none of them could beat the Braves the week before, right? We could see this coming. We, we could see it coming. And that's the one thing baseball people always talk about is don't tell me who won the most games. Don't tell me who won the second half. Look at, let's look at where the team is at this moment in time. And we had a tip-off of where this was going to go when the Mets you know, needed – what did they need? One win to, to win the division Atlanta. and get a bye, et cetera. Yeah. And they couldn't get that one win, and their their big guys let them down, and that continued right in right into right into the postseason. Now, taking nothing away from San Diego, I, I think when you you have a franchise like that, and you've done everything you can, you you spend money on Eric Hosmer, who's now gone, on Manny Machado, you give Tatis, who's not going to play a game this year, you give him big money. You're doing everything you can to win, and uh, I think you deserve you deserve it. The same thing with the Phillies. Like, um, you know, I want to give them lots of credit. You Darvish is pretty pretty darn good. And uh, and Musgrove couldn't have been any better than he was in that game. So, I mean, and the, the Dodgers are going to have their hands full with the Padres, but that's for another day. What was the biggest surprise? 
Oh, I think the biggest surprise was Tampa Bay scored one run in yeah. two games. Yeah. You know, now, look, Cleveland is not a surprise. They are the youngest team in baseball. They have the fourth lowest payroll in baseball. They won a division that no other team finished above 500. But what do they have? They have all these kids. Oh, here's the stat. Aaron Judge hit what, 62 home runs? 62. The Guardians hit 127 for the year. <laughs> not a lot. And, uh, not a lot. And, and Yankees dominated them. But, the, you know, when you have a young team like that, they don't know what they don't know. They're just around there playing. They have a great, great bullpen. They have good starting pitching. Um, the, the That they just dominated the Rays, a really good team that, that got in the playoffs from the American League East. That was the biggest surprise to me. You know, but when you have youth, the fourth lowest payroll, when you have a Hall of Fame manager, the, I would say you could make the case that Terry Francona is not the best manager in the game. He might be the best manager of all time in the way he relates to players, the way he has conformed to the new way of doing things. Derek Falvey is the general president of baseball operations of the Twins. When he was with the Indians, basically Tito Francona would have Derek by his side all the time going, okay, Derek, tell me what I need to know here. Tell, you know, In other words, if there's something new to be learned, I'm going to learn it. I'm not going to be angry about it. I'm not going to say this is the end of the world. He is great, and um, I, um, I think they're going to be fun to watch. So let me get to a couple of things here. If I, if I ran ESPN, and I work for ESPN, I, I know that I lost three of these series before right. I wanted to because they were 2-0 sweeps. But if you tell me that my climactic game is going to be the New York Mets against the San Diego Padres, I think I'm still happy. You know what I mean, Richard? Right. You're in prime time. Absolutely. Yeah. I got a New York team essentially against a Los Angeles team. I know I'm competing with football, but of all the series that are out there, that's my best draw, right? Yes, it is. And I think some teams transcend. You know, baseball is a local sport now. The local TV and radio ratings are fantastic. On a network basis, they have trouble. But some teams transcend that. Obviously, the Red Sox, the Yankees probably the Dodgers and the Cubbies. But the Mets are like that, and they had such a great year that every fan in baseball knew who they were. They knew that this trillionaire Steve Cohen bought the team and invested in in a way that Wilpons never did. So you want to see them. And and again, City Field is such a great backdrop, and the Padres have reverted to their old uniforms, and that's a pretty cool-looking uniform. So it was just a great bit of theater to turn on your TV and be able to see that. I watched every pitch of Game 2, Seattle-Toronto. <laughs> I have no rooting interest other than for Dave Sims yeah. to move on, but I don't care about the players. I, I don't care about the teams. I live in a National League city. These are American League teams. One of them's not even in the country, and the other one is so far away it may as well not be in the country. I watched every single pitch of that game it was fantastic and an unbelievable game the way it ended right right in 2019 the mariners tore it all apart and uh put it all back together and again just like the padres they have spent money they have been aggressive in trades their guy i'm gonna sound like wilbon when i say this but their general manager jerry depoto in an era when 
every trade begins with let me check my spread sheets and talk to my analytics department and call MIT, et cetera. Jerry Depoto makes a trade and says, let's make that trade. I'll figure it out later. And he got it right. He, he tore it down in 2019 and has put it back together. And they are fantastic to watch. Now, I, oh. I don't know if they're going to beat the Astros. The Astros are a no, better team. No, they're not going to beat the Astros. But you have to do it. You have to go do it. And so they have uh, – you know, they have the best pitcher in baseball in Luis Castillo, and he will pitch game two of this series. Robbie Ray has struggled. Their bullpen is really good. Uh, don't underestimate them. And I hope it's something to do with the magic of being back in the playoffs for the first time since 2001. I listened to Dave Sims' call of the, the walk-off homer, that, the, of Cal, Cal Raleigh's catcher. walk-off homer. Yeah. yeah, they got him in the playoffs. And Rick Riz, the, the, the radio guy, or their TV guy, it was just fantastic. You could feel in both Dave and Rick, you could feel the emotion in their voice and what it meant. Seattle's a great baseball town. People show up there, and uh, they deserve this. So, I, I mean, again, Houston's, Houston's going to run Justin Verlander out there in game one, and and they have the deepest pitching staff in baseball, and they have all these guys that have played a million postseason games. But Seattle is pretty good, and they have a pretty good thing going right now. They're down 8-1 and 9-5 late. They're not down 8-1 in the first. They're down 8-1 and 9-5 late. The, the obvious failure of the relievers for Toronto. I'll just look ahead on this one thing. That, that strikes me as a devastating loss. I know, Toronto, you, I know you sit down for four months and you don't worry about it, but it strikes me as devastating, right? Right. You, but that's the postseason. You saw it. Buck Showalter sat down in the interview room last night. He, he climbed up on the, the, the riser, and he just, you could hear him mutter, oh. And you, that's, for 29 teams, or, you know, whatever it is that make the playoffs, that's how it ends. Only one team, only one team gets, to, gets to be happy at the end, and it, it feels like your guts are torn out after in, in, in games like that. You just can't believe it happened. Um, I... I think that the easy thing to look at is to say, well, the American League East was overrated and the St. Louis Cardinals were overrated. I don't know that that's true. It's just an easy thing to say. But what we have now, three of the four series are between divisional teams. Is that good or bad? Uh, (laughs) It makes for some some good drama. It makes for some chippy attitudes because they know each other. They've they've all got reasons they don't like the guys in the other dugout. So it it has the potential to be to be pretty pretty good. Especially that Phillies Braves series because the Phillies have always been clawing to get to the top to be where Atlanta is. Um it'll be uh it'll be it'll be fun to see. The Dodgers I think went went fourteen and five against the Padres this season. Um, but the Padres feel like right now we're unbeatable, and that, that's the cool thing about it. And the burden on the Yankees, on the Astros, on the Dodgers, on these teams is enormous. Like, you know, you, I love the setup of the, I don't know if you did, in the wild card weekend, like three games, one city, three days in a row, no off days. Loved it, play. loved it. I loved it. I right? just wish because, more went three, yeah. Right, Saturday is all elimination games, but – in a best-of-five series, game two starts to feel like an elimination game if you've lost game one because you don't want to be in a position to have to win three in a row. And that's the dynamic we're going to have in, in all of these. I guess what, what is troubling for me is the notion that San Diego, 
and Philadelphia and Seattle, which were finished very far back in their divisions, could go and win this and, in effect, invalidate the 162-game schedule. And I think that that's – I don't know that I want that. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, but you're going to have that when you expand the playoffs. Right. And, you know, baseball was slow to do this. It wrestled with it. Look, did it dilute the NBA regular season? Well, of course. I love watching the NBA regular season, but it, it does dilute it. You know, and, I ha- what, and, and to watch the NFL, the goal is to make the playoffs. You have to be around 500 to get in. It's something baseball struggle with. On the other hand, it creates revenue. It does. They wanted, and what they decided, what Rob Manfred and Bud Selig and the others decided was, we want as much October baseball as we can get because people love it. We love watching yeah. it. The players love playing it. So give us more of it, and that's the trade-off you get. I guess. We'll all be watching. Thank you, Richie. Thanks, Tony. Richard Justice, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all the Haunting. Tim Wildsmith from Nashville. Haunting. Want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad, please? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. We've got the bagel sandwiches today, which is Lovely. always nice. Lovely. Uh, just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. That'll just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say you broke my heart because I couldn't dance. And now I'm back to let you know I can really shake them down. That's Do You Love Me. <laughs> That's as good a dance tune as anybody has ever made in the early 60s. Wonderful. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Richard Justice. Thanks to today's sponsors, Trade Coffee, ZipRecruiter, Simply Safe. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. This comes from KDG in Lafayette, Louisiana. As our 10th anniversary approaches, I felt the need to write you. Before marriage, I was a tennis fan, but not interested in much else. Entered Kevin, a kind-hearted, sports-loving Cajun boy. I'm thankful for him for many reasons. One reason being a new family member that was added, who we watch at 4 p.m. every weekday, a man named Tony. We see you at the end of every weekday, and since finding the podcast, I learn of your doings after his day at work, listening to you during the drive. From strangely parked Airstreams, a dislike of Subarus, Bethesda bagels, and the Tillamook you eat over the sink that we now have in the freezer and new flavors every few weeks, I hear of it all. After he gets home from work, he's now used to asking, how's Tony? And I get the best points of each podcast. So here I am reflecting on my life with Kevin, appreciative, also thankful for you being with us, making our days better, Owen. Happy anniversary. Um, Lafayette, Louisiana, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is Ron Guidry's hometown. I believe so. Louisiana Lightning, yes. From J. Peck. 
This is about the license plate TK0001. That was a Maryland plate. He says, I took that picture sitting at a stop. I'm not actually offering to steal it. I wouldn't even know where to find it now. I hope that was understood. Of course that was understood. From Tim Moriarty, the director of sales in the Southern Zone, Cambro Manufacturing. Thank you for turning, tuning me into the Virginia Coalition. They rock. Long time little first time emailer. I appreciate you guys and the great content. They were on last week, right? From Adam yes. Parr. Look, I love football, and I love baseball, but even I have to admit that Zippy Zappy is the best moment in sports this week. <laughs> Thanks for the laughs. Yeah, you should have named him Zippy. From Chris Ratt, W-R-A-T-T, maybe Rate. Do you want to be named Rat? R-A-T-T. From T-N-O, New Zealand. From New Zealand. Great to hear Dave Sims on the pod, along with a flashback to chatter with the fire siren in the background. Maybe your next guest could rustle up a leaf blower for old time's sake. <laughs> From Brandon Costello. Used to be Brandon S. Boker. And yes. Now it's Brandon Costello. Is it possible that Wilbon is texting with actual bears? Perhaps friends of Reginald? <laughs> From Jeff Barger, or Jeff Barger. The woman to whom I'm related by marriage is a high school teacher. Her school recently hosted a college fair. Who showed up? Binghamton. Who did not show up? Stony Brook. The best ability is availability. Hope my wife told her students about the Mr. Tony discount for Binghamton. This is a long one from Ted Perry. Earlier this week, you were discussing former Nats pitching coach Mike Maddox, now the St. Louis Cardinals. Michael remarked that he must have a very calming influence, and I can tell you firsthand <clears throat> that is absolutely correct. I witnessed that up close, and I have a perspective few non-players get to see. A few years back, my former co-anchor, Beverly Taylor, was honored by the Milwaukee Brewers for her work with a local adoption agency, an honor that included throwing out the first pitch before a Saturday night game. Knowing I coached youth baseball, she turned to me for help, but this was a project bigger than my skill set could handle. I called the Brewers to see if maybe a bullpen catcher or a little-used reliever could give her a few points. Instead, they delivered Maddox, who was then in Milwaukee. Mike could not have been kinder, but I also saw the intensity that countless big league pitchers have seen from him. He drew two parallel lines in a dirt, and he said, those are railroad tracks, and they all lead to home. He then instructed Bev that nothing goes outside those lines. No arms, hands, legs, and certainly not the ball. Everything gets focused right to home plate. It was such a simple lesson, but delivered in a way that made me think I could have gone for three good innings. The confidence he gave her paid off. Bev threw a perfect strike throwing from the rubber crowd loved it that's well i done. loathe the cardinals but when i see mike going to the mound and covering his mouth during the playoffs i'm pretty sure he's just saying keep it in the tracks big boy <laughs> best ted perry who's on fox six news that's a wonderful email that is from the reverend mark schaefer the increasing number of lachiserie nights and events around the country has me a little concerned they seem to be popping up everywhere this isn't going to turn out to be a fight club circumstance is it we're not going to discover that you and Wilbon are really the same person and we're all mixed up in a plan for sabotaging the global financial system or the purple line, are we? Anyway, speaking of cheeseries, I won't say anything bad about Tillamook. It's fine. But you can have my black wax-wrapped Cabot Extra Sharp from Mont Cheddar when you pry it from my cold, dead, and likely cholesterol-filled hands. <laughs> from Jim you, Rockford. Not that not Jim Not that Rockford. Jim Rockford, no. From Campbelltown, Pennsylvania. Who writes, am I to understand that He-Man is on the ballot for Toy Hall of Fame this year? Well, I can tell you one thing. If that guy gets in, this is the last year I play with toys. Have you seen him? He makes 2001 Barry Bonds look like olive oil. In my day, <laughs> toys like G.I. Joe and Crayola Crayon got in the honest way. Some might say, put him in a wing with the Incredible Hulk and Stretch Armstrong. I would say that would just diminish the careers of toys like Raggedy Andy and Jump Rope, who played by the rules. That's a fair point. Bruce Lawing. Concord, North Carolina. 
Today, we're heading out to Fripp Island, South Carolina. Oh, no, we're heading to Fripp Island, South Carolina next week for a golf trip. One of my guys just dropped out. We're playing 18, 36, 36, 18, starting Thursdays. Please tell DG. Let him know he can play for the Whites. Thanks. This is, <laughs> it's just such a wonderful idea. Littles helping Littles. That Littles help Littles. Yes. Um, I, I didn't say this before. I waited till the end of the show. You all noticed Michael isn't here. Michael's in South Carolina. Michael was on the show from South Carolina last week, but we, due to things that happen in the real world, um, Sean could not be with us today. So when Sean isn't with us, Nigel and I have to do the show by ourselves, and we're yes. not good enough to include Mike. We're just not good enough to do it. Yeah, so the, I told Michael, take the day off and play 36. Yeah, he should. Yeah. hope he does. You know, so anyway, if you're out on your bike tight, everyone, as always, do wear white. We represent the people who have, who have taken the chance, and we made a mistake, and then the Desert Inn corrects it and, and gives it back. There is a warm feeling here. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Tall and skinny as a French fry. Three pointers rain down from the sky. From Nanterre in the West Paris region. Like a one man French foreign legion. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. For young French ballers, he's a raison d'etre. Long and lean like a French baguette. Block shots with the Kimbe Matumbo power. You can just call him the Eiffel Tower. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. A kid that size, get those moves, frame those moves, put him in the loop. A 6'2 mademoiselle is his mom, give him the keys to Notre Dame. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama, Victor Wembanyama.